0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg
1: Page 766 and he's explaining the idea when we say that God's presence is in the Holy of Holies what does it mean God's presence is in the Holy of Holies God is everywhere and he said in order to understand this we'll be able to understand this from our own personal experience as Job said from my own flesh I know God the literal meaning is that from my own flesh from all my suffering I know God's attribute of 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 justice elokah which is God's name for justice But on a deeper level, what it means is that we know, we can extrapolate, we can know God from our own personal experience because we are a microcosm. So from the microcosm, we can extrapolate and understand the macrocosm. As the Talmud says, just like the soul fills the body, so too God fills the world. So from our own personal experience, this is the ultimate knowledge. The highest level of knowledge is your own personal experience. It's not just abstract knowledge. You experience it firsthand. So from your own personal experience, you can understand also the relationship of God to the world. From your own personal experience, the relationship of your soul to the body, you'll be able to understand the relationship of God who is the soul of the world, the macrocosm, and the world. And that's where we left off. We begin on top of page 766. By
2: the way of analogy, the human soul pervades all 240 the organs of the body from head the highest part of the body to foot the lowest part of the body the soul pervades the body to the extent that no organ or portion of it remains void of the soul right
1: every part of the body is alive down to the toenail every part of you is alive there's no difference and the fact that you're alive you feel alive that your cells are alive there's no difference between the brain and your heart and your toenail, and your finger, and every part of you is equally alive. So although the soul encompasses all of the body, there isn't a a single part of you, the soul is not like a machine. The body is not like a machine. You have electricity that activates a machine. The machine is not alive. It's a mechanical event. The electricity causes the machine to move. The body is alive. There's a difference in a corpse and and a live person. The body itself, every cell of the body is alive, is permeated with life. The soul permeates every part of the body until the body becomes part of the soul, inseparable from the soul. The body itself comes alive through the soul by way of contact with the soul. So the soul permeates every part of the body. There isn't a single cell in the body that's not alive. When the soul leaves the body shuts down. The cells die. Life leaves. But when the person is alive there isn't a single cell in the body that's not alive. And equally so. There's no difference between the souls of the feet the toenail and all the way to the brain.
2: Nevertheless the soul's principle abode in the revealed form in the dwelling place and in it an all-encompassing non-revealed form is in one's brain and from the brain soul is diffused throughout all the organs. This takes place in all the organs simultaneously For this diffusion of the soul refers to the life force from which the organs derive their vitality, in which respect all organs are equal. This is one aspect of the soul's emanation from the brain to the organs. And in Hasidic, it can be termed light. A revelation which is equal throughout. A second aspect of the emanation from the organs derived from the soul, which is the brain, is the following. So we're talking
0: about the divine soul, right? Not No, the no,
1: no. We're talking about the soul. The life giving soul. Not the divine soul.
0: There's two souls.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the life the life soul, the, the natural soul, the life that gives <laughs> you life. Never no nefesh is the life sustaining soul Not, the godly soul encloses itself in the natural soul but it's a soul it's an energy even the second soul is an energy it's a life it's a life force you're alive
0: I guess I'm a little confused there's three souls now? no
1: there's no 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 nasty. the animal soul is a soul it gives you life yeah that, that's the soul. A soul means it gives you life. Okay. We're not and talking we about the godly the soul. soul. Yes. We're not talking about the godly soul. We're talking about the, 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 the natural the,
0: the, soul. The
1: no. No. The natural soul. Not the godly soul. The natural soul. The animal soul. The natural soul. The ego soul. Yes. You're alive. The soul that, that animates you. and.
2: Is a tum based on this confused soul?
1: Tum-tum is, uh, is clogged. Right. Clogged. clogged. Your heart is clogged. That, that we discussed, actually, you can find in the lessons in Tanya.com. That's in chapters 29, 28, talks about the Timtum. 29 and 30. How do you deal with the Timtum when your heart is clogged? And, and um, also, it's from chapters 26 through 31, really discuss that at great length. How do you deal with the psychological blockages? You know, it doesn't allow you to feel joyful and alive and vibrant very very profound very powerful chapters you can listen to it in Lessons in Tanya how does the soul animate the body? it's not like the soul like really engages the body the soul is alive its essence is life even before the soul enters the body, and even after the soul leaves the body, the soul is alive. The soul is an entity of life. Its mission is not to, to give life to the body. That's, that's not what the soul is about. The soul is life. If there is a body, there is no body, the soul is alive. It's like the sun. If it's a cloudy day and there's no light, the sun is not a sun. The sun is a sun, whether a sun, the light shines or it doesn't shine. The sun is not about giving light. The sun is, is, is,
0: there.
1: is there. The sun is. If it gives off light, it doesn't give off light. That's completely incidental to the sun. So too with the soul. The soul is alive. Whether, whether, whether there is a body or there isn't a body. Before you're born and after you die, the soul is there. The soul is, is in essence, it's alive. Nothing to do with the body. When the soul comes in contact with the body, Just by the contact itself, the body comes alive. When God places the soul inside the body, the body comes alive. It's not that the soul is engaged, not like a teacher and a student. The teacher has to be engaged with the student. The teacher has to think about the material before he's going to teach. He has to find the right words in order to communicate the idea to the student. And when he teaches, he has to interact with the students and make sure that they receive the information, absorb the information. It changes him. The students ask him questions and challenge him and force him to clarify and to articulate it even better. The teacher is engaged. The soul is not engaged in the body in that level. The soul is alive. The soul is independent entity. Its whole being is life. When you pull, when, the body is, when it connects with the body, the body comes alive it's like, in a sense, it's like light that's why, it's like the light light the sun shines and the light lights up the room you think it makes a difference to the light whether it's a palace whether it's a garbage dump what? the light shines the light doesn't make a difference it's not like the light is engaged in we're it shining the light is, I am here, take the light you know, if you use it, don't use it, it doesn't matter to the light. The light is not affected. The light just is. and it automatically illuminates. So too, the soul is. It is life. It's a piece of life. it's a chunk of life. And when it comes in contact with the body, the body comes alive. When the soul leaves, the body dies. So it's not engaged. Yes, it's not exactly like light because light doesn't have any internal contact with the room. If it lights up the room, the light doesn't have any internal contact with the room that receives the light. Versus the soul has internal contact with the body. The body comes alive. The body becomes part of the soul. When you cut your finger, your soul is in pain because it becomes a part of the soul. It's not like a machine. A machine and the electricity. There's no connection. It's just a mechanical. Here, the body comes alive. The body becomes part of the soul. So much so that if the finger hurts, your soul is in pain. You feel it because so it, it is an internal connection between the body and the soul. Not like light, but on the other hand, we find the same is true with light. Some of the things, some of the benefits of the sun is not only that it gives off light. The sun also causes things to grow it brings sweetness to certain fruits so it does have an an internal impact the light of the sun also has an internal impact in addition to giving light and warmth and energy it also has an internal impact but it doesn't not everything not every place that receives the light of the sun receives this benefit if the sun shines in the sahara desert Nothing can grow in the Sahara Desert. So therefore, it doesn't have this effect. But if it's fertile ground, and if it's, if it's receptive to receive this benefit from the sun, then when the sun comes in contact, it causes the fruits to grow better and sweeter. And the same is with the body. The soul, if the soul will come in contact with a stone, the stone won't be alive. But when the soul comes in contact with a human body, that's ready to receive the soul, that's made, created to receive the soul. It's a vehicle, it's a vessel to receive the soul. Then when the soul comes in contact with the body, the body automatically comes alive. So yes, it has an internal effect, and therefore the body has to be a receptacle. The light doesn't matter to the light. You don't have to be a receptacle to the light. It could be a garbage dump. It's the same light. But the soul is not the same. If the soul is in a stone, the stone will not have any effect on the stone. It has, it's only when the soul comes in contact with the human body that's, that's built and receptacle to receive the soul. Only then will the body come alive. But when it does come in contact, it comes alive automatically. It's like the soul has to engage in the body like a teacher and a student. Just by the mere contact, because the soul is alive. Its essence is alive. Its essence is life. Now, where is this life? Where is the center of this life? The center of this life is first revealed in the mind, in the brain. And that's what he's saying. In addition to the brain being an organ of the body, a vital organ, the most important organ, the brain is also the command and control center of the whole body. All the nerves are connected to the brain. When you hurt, where do you feel that pain? You feel it in your brain. So the brain is that center, that part of the soul, where the soul is a chunk of life, a piece of life. And the soul is just alive for itself. Whether you exist, you don't exist, before the body, after the body, the soul is life and it continues to live. Nothing to do with the body. But where is that manifest that manifests itself in the mind, in the brain. The brain senses that part of the soul, the essence of the soul, that transcends the body, transcends even giving life to the body. It's just just alive, a chunk of life, a piece of life. That dynamic life, that's in the brain. And from the brain, from the brain, the... Soul animates the body via two ways. One is a general life force, that every cell of the body is alive. Doesn't matter. The brain, the heart, the liver, the toenail, every part is alive, is connected. That's a general life force, which doesn't differentiate between one limb and one organ and one part of the body, the other part of the body. And then the soul also emanates from within the brain, the soul also emanates all the specific energies of the soul. The, the soul has specific energies, abilities. The ability to see, the ability to hear, the ability to think, the ability to feel. All of these specific abilities also emanate from, from, from the soul. So basically he's describing like three levels. You have the essence of the soul, which has nothing to do, not in relation with the soul engaging in the body. It's like the essence of the soul, it's a chunk of life. Whether there's anyone to teach, or there's no one to teach, there's anyone to talk to, there's no one to talk to, there is a body, there is no body. The soul is alive, independent, on its own. It's a chunk of life. Then, from that level, the soul emanates a light from within itself to be able to illuminate, once it comes in contact with the body, The whole body comes alive. Every cell of the body comes alive. There isn't a single part of your body that isn't alive with the same vitality and the same life force that that courses through that the whole body, just like the blood. The same blood goes through the whole body, from the toenail all the way to the brain, circulates because every part of the body is alive. A general sense of life. I'm alive. You feel I'm alive. Is the brain more alive than the heart than the foot, the leg? No, I'm alive. Every part of me is alive. I'm a... That's a general. And then also the specific, the details, the specific energies and abilities that emanate from the soul and reveals itself in different parts of the body, different organs in the body. And the organ that's suitable for this ability, the eye, has the ability to see. So the eye can draw down from the soul the specific ability that the soul has to see, not the ability to hear. You know, there is a synesthesia. There is one in a million people that suffer from this uh, rear, uh, I don't know if it's a disease or illness, but it's just a, uh, a rare phenomenon where they see sounds. They see, yes. Synesthesia. Like what the Jews experienced at Mount Sinai. So there's one in a million people that actually, yes, when they hear music sounds, they see it. And, uh, and they can hear, hear uh, sight, I guess, where things got confused. The, the ability to, to, to hear ended up in the eye and the ability to see. But that's a very rare, rare phenomenon, one in a million, if not, or even less, maybe one in 10 million. But the, in general, the eye is a vehicle, a vessel to seeing, not to hear. And the ear is a vessel to hear. So the ability of the soul to hear encloses itself in the organ of the ear. The ability, so each, each organ of the body draws out. The heart draws out the ability of the soul to emotion, to feel. Every organ draws out that specific ability from the soul. So the soul animates the, the, the body in two ways. In a general way, that every part of the body is alive in general, and then in a very specific way, where each organ has its particular energy, its particular capacity, its particular ability, the legs to walk and the hands to move, every, every organ. But where do these come from? Where do they, these derive from? They all derive from the brain, from the soul, the essence of the soul, which resides in the brain. The essence of the soul, which is a chunk of life. Which contains within it the ability to give life. In a general way and in a specific way. But the essence of the soul, the way it is for itself. Not in relation to the body. Whether there is a body or there isn't a body, it doesn't affect the soul. Just like the light is not affected whether your shades are down, whether the light is able to penetrate or not. Whether it's Park Avenue or anywhere else. The light is... You want to, It has nothing to do, it's not in relation, it doesn't relate to its environment. It just is. It's a force, it's here. If you'll benefit, fine. If not, it doesn't change me, it doesn't affect me. So you're born, you're alive, fine. If you're not alive, the soul hasn't changed. The soul is here, the soul is the trunk of life. But when God brings the body and the soul together, the soul has the ability to bring it all to life. Why does the soul have this ability? Precisely because the soul is not affected by the body. The soul is just a chunk of life. You know, it's like a real leader is, who's able to really influence his environment is because he's not affected by his environment. He just is. You know, his, his being, his essence. And therefore he's able to define his whole environment. Like the story of the Jewish people. Why the Jewish people are the leaders of the world. Because a Jew just is. You know, you have a relationship with God. It doesn't matter. External, whatever is happening externally doesn't affect that relationship. We could be in Mesopotamia, we could be in Greece, we could be in the Middle Ages, we could be in the Dark Ages, we could be in the 21st century, we could be in the Upper East Side in the year 2010. The essence of the Jew, there's an essence here that runs deeper than any external circumstance. We just are. We're married to God, we have a relationship with God, and and therefore, because we have that inner core relationship with Hashem, and we're not affected by the world, that's why we're able to change the whole world, revolutionize the world. A person who's affected by the world can't change the world, because you are the world. The prisoner can't release himself from prison. You need someone on the outside to release him from prison. The Jew is the outsider. Because the Jew has an essence, the Jew has a core. So too the soul, the soul is an essence of life. It's a core of life, it's a trunk of life, for itself. There is a body, there isn't a body, it doesn't affect. Therefore, when the soul touches the body, the soul is able to give life to the body, to transform the body, totally transform the body, give life to the body, to every cell in the body, And down to every detail in the body. Every particular organ has a particular energy. In addition to the general overall sense of life that you're alive, there's also a particular life that's drawn down by every individual organ in the body. 248 limbs and every limb has a unique energy. And where does this all come from? This all comes from the essence of the soul, which which resides in the brain. So this is the function of the brain. The function of the brain is not just, the brain is not just a detail, an organ in the body, a primary organ, a vital organ, the most vital organ. The brain is the center of the body. That's why Chassidus explains, Rosh Hashanah is called Rosh Hashanah, ahead of the year. It would make more sense, it should have been called, Tchilat if you know Hebrew, the beginning of the year. Tchilat why is it called the Rosh, the head of the year?
0: Isn't that
1: because of the Akeda? The Akeda happened on 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 Rosh Hashanah, right. but why is it called head? Make more sense. The beginning. Tchilat Tchilat Ashana, the beginning of the year. The Torah itself says, "Yeah, in the beginning of the year, Tchilat Ashana." The reason it's called head is because Rosh is just like the head. To the organism, the head contains within itself the whole life force everything that happens in the body originates from the head that's why all the nerves, it's the nerve center of the whole body everything you feel, you feel in the brain so too the head of the year contains the whole year It's not just the beginning of the year it's much deeper than that, it's much more profound it's actually the head it's, a, it's a 48 hour year the entire year you can find in these 48 hours. So much so that Jewish law says that you should not fall asleep on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Because if you take a nap on Rosh Hashanah, your whole year will be Fashlafen. Because <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do during these 48 hours, that's why these 48 hours every Jew is holy and is in the synagogue and praying. Because yes, how you live these 48 hours will affect the quality of the entire year, because the whole year is concentrated in these 48 hours. Just like within the body, the Rosh, the head, the whole life force is concentrated in the head. It's not just the brain. The brain is one organ. But the brain serves a much much more profound function. It's not just an organ. The brain is also the receptacle for the soul. The whole soul resides. The center of the soul resides. The essence of the soul That the soul is a life force. The essence of that life force resides in the brain. And that's why a Rebbe, a leader of the Jewish people, a Rebbe is an acronym for Rosh B'nai Yisro. A Rebbe also serves the same function. A Rebbe is the brain of the Jewish people. So it's not only that every Jewish leader has to be a brain, literally. (laughs) The Jewish leaders are the wisest and the deepest and the most profound and the most talented and the geniuses and... That goes without saying, but that 's just an individual organ, but but on a deeper level what 's the brain also is where the entire organism is concentrated in the brain and resides in the brain, so too, the entire Jewish people make up a cloud, a whole, and that concentration and that sense of wholeness and that sense that Jewish people are all one and we 're all connected and we 're all The same, where does that sense reside? Where does that cloudy throw reside? In the Rebbe. The Rebbe embodies, he's the king of the Jewish people, the heart of the Jewish people, the brain of the Jewish people, because he senses that all the Jewish souls of his generation are concentrated in his soul. Because he's like a general soul. Just like what we're learning here. Just like the life force within us. First it starts out as a general life force. As the essence of the soul. It's a piece of life. It's alive. And it contains within it the ability to give life, the specific life forces, specific abilities. But it's all contained in this chunk of life. It's all concentrated. And it resides in the brain. So the Rebbe's soul is a general soul where all the souls of his generation is concentrated in his soul. And that's why the brain feels and senses every part of the body your toenail hurts, your brain it. that's what they do in medicine they cut off the connection the nerve connection to the brain so if the brain doesn't feel it you could be hurting, you could be dying you won't feel anything because it's the brain that feels the pain it's not, it's not where, where the pain is where the hurt is, where the cut is so if you sever that connection the, the brain. the brain doesn't feel anything children don't feel pain so much because children, their minds are not developed yet Animals don't feel pain. Very little pain because they don't have that maturity. You know, certain parts of the body, you don't feel pain. The lungs. You, you can cut a lung, you won't feel anything. Um, but but it, it's the brain that senses everything. Why does the brain sense everything? Because the whole life force is concentrated in the brain. And it originates from the brain. And from the brain it sends out its general life force, and from the brain it sends out the specific energies that's suited for each and every particular organ.
2: Moreover, each organ receives from a different form of life force and functional power appropriate to it according to its, um, the organs, um, composition and character. In, In other words, the difference between the functional ability of, the, of one organ and that of another does not derive from the organ itself, um, like water in a colored glass, for example, which takes on the color of its containing vessel. Rather, does each organ draw from the soul its ability to see or hear, and so on?
1: Erroneously, you can think. You may think, to use a modern analogy, the soul is like a generator of electricity. Generator of electricity. The same electricity, you plug the radio into electricity. You can plug your car and recharge your batteries. You can plug your TV, your computer. It's the same electricity, It's the same energy. But when you're plugging in a computer, it gets the computer to be a computer. And you plug in the, the car, your, your electrical car, soon, you get, you get an electrical car. But the difference, it's not in the electricity. Electricity is the same. The energy is the same. The juice is the same. It's the vessel that's different, since each vessel is different. So therefore, you end up with all these different different uh, types of functions. He uses the analogy, he says, you take water and you pour it in colored, colored cups, so oh, this water will look yellow, and this water will look red. Of course, the water is the same. The water in the cup is the same. It's the glass that gives off different colors. Or light. You have light, and you have different colors, so it looks different. But the light itself, the water itself, the electricity itself, is all the same. So you can think, sins, the soul is one dynamic force, one dynamic energy, and... Every fiber of your being, every bone of your body, down to every cell is alive equally. So you would think that, that the life force, the soul, is just a life force, an energy. The differentiation, why with, I see with my eyes and I hear with my ears, I speak with my mouth. All the different things, different organs, is because when the electricity courses, runs through the different organs, it t- it takes the life force takes on different forms and different shapes. That's one way of looking. Or, you can say, use another analogy, that you take, let's say you take molten silver, and then you take it and make different shapes. You can make a cup out of it, you can make a ring out of it, you can make a plate. Now, it's all the same base material. But once you've formed it, then it's formed, it's a cup it's not a plate so yes, it, oh, it's all, all made from the same substance, but it takes on a very rigid form and once it takes on that form it stays in that form the al says it doesn't work that way it's not true this is an erroneous understanding of the way the soul works the soul is not just an undifferentiated energy electricity Energy like that water that's simple, and it just takes on the different shapes of the vessels, or like light that's simple light, and it just takes on the different colors of the of the glass. It's not so. The soul itself actually has all these faculties. There's a capacity in the soul to think. There's a capacity in the soul to see. There's a capacity in the soul to hear. It's all part of the soul. The soul has these abilities to feel and to understand and to comprehend. But it's only when the soul comes in contact with the body. And when the soul comes in contact with the body that the eye draws out this ability within the soul. The eye materializes this ability within the soul. If you don't have an eye, then this capacity... Is unused. It remains in hidden form, and potential form. Like when you close your eyes, what happens to your ability to see? It's there, but your eyes are closed. God forbid someone is blind. His ability to see is intact. He can have children. He can give birth to children who can see. He can't give what you don't have. It's just there's a defect in the vessel, in the eye, so you can't see. God forbid. But the capacity for seeing is in the soul. It's there. It's intact. But the eye was custom made. The eye is a materialization of the soul's ability to see. So the eye draws down from within the soul that specific ability to see, and that specific ability to speak, and to walk. And every organ draws down that specific ability. So the soul itself is a general force, a general energy, but this general energy contains within it all these specific it's it is through the vest oh how in the soul the soul has all these all these capacities now we're going to learn soon that the soul is one it is one indivisible unit you can't think two thoughts at the same time so how could one soul see and speak and and and, and think all at the same time have all these different capacities Obviously, obviously, the soul is one indivisible entity. When the soul is gone, when the person dies, everything is gone. The ability to see, the ability to hear, you don't have to go through uh, ten deaths. It's one soul. It's one entity. But this entity contains within it a general life, that it's alive, but it also has within it capacities, all these capacities that God Gave the soul the ability to see and the ability to hear and the ability to speak and to communicate and the ability to feel and the ability to comprehend. The soul has all of these capacities. But when the soul enters into the body, depending on the vehicle and the vessel, the vessel draws out these abilities. Now, a more refined vessel receives a more refined ability within the soul. The brain, which is the most, the finest, the most refined of all the organs, draws down the most refined ability within the soul, the ability to create, to be creative, the ability to comprehend, the ability to to internalize. The heart receives the ability to feel. The liver receives the ability to to process the blood. The foot, which is not as refined as the brain, receives the ability to, to walk. And the foot is larger than, three times larger than the head. (laughs) Good things come in small packages. The head has the ability to comprehend and the ability to, all the senses, you know, to see and to, to, to taste, to smell and to hear. And the foot, which has one capacity, the capacity to walk, is huge. Because the more refined it is, the more refined the vessel, the eye, the eye is one of the most complex organs in the body. The ability to see is astonishing. The eye is the window to the soul. So the eye has the ability to draw out this ability within the soul to see, the ear, the ability to hear. So
2: does the soul make the vessel? Or does the vessel make the soul? Or is it
1: a little bit of both? Well, the the vessel is perfectly matched to the soul. It's almost like a materialization of the soul. For example, when you think of an idea... The idea almost brings with it the words, the vessel with which you're able to grasp the idea and then communicate the idea. Even though an idea itself transcends words. You know, a raw concept is beyond words. But the idea itself brings the vessel. The idea brings the vessel. So the vessel is almost a materialization of the idea. The body is perfectly matched. The evolutionists have, this is the biggest problem with evolution. They can't explain the eye. There's no way in the world they can explain the human eye, the complexity of the human eye. The only way to explain it is that it has nothing to do with evolution. The eye is almost a, a materialization of the soul's spiritual ability to see. And so too, every organ in the body is so perfectly matched. You can't separate the, the physical and the spiritual. It, it's, it's, they come together. The, the soul and the body is, is a perfect match. It's, so, it's, of course, it starts with the soul, and then it materializes... Materializes. it's the materialization and because it's the materialization of that capacity that's why it has the ability to draw that capacity that's the difference between light and the soul that's why soul is internal, light is external the, the room doesn't draw light the windows are open, the light will shine but the room has no connection to the light the soul has a connection, the, the body has a connection to the soul. The body draws the soul. The, the vessel, the individual organ actually draws out that ability within the soul and materializes the soul's ability to see. Because without the body, the soul is able to see. But it, it's, it expresses its ability to see in a purely spiritual way. In order to materialize that ability, to be able to see something physical, it's only when the soul sees through the eye. And to hear something physical, it's when you hear it through the ear. And to comprehend something material, it's when the soul's ability to think and to comprehend it expresses itself through the brain, the physical brain. So it's only by this interaction and this coming together, of the body and the soul, the vessel and the light, the energy and the container, the vehicle, that the, all the capacities of the soul are drawn out in a very specific Individual, individualized way. So these are the two forces that emanate from the soul, from the essence of the soul, that it's an essence of life which resides in the mind which then gives off these two energies. One is a general energy an all-encompassing energy an inclusive energy that you're alive and you're equally alive from the soul of your feet all the way to the brain This is every cell in your body is equally alive and then a specific energy where each organ has a unique dynamic, a unique energy, unique ability, unique capacity. The ability to see, the ability to hear, the ability to, uh, etc. The eye
2: receives from the soul a life force and ability to see. The power of sight accords with the smooth and translucent
0: nature of, of the tissue of the eye. The ear receives from the soul a life force and ability to hear, the mouth to speak, and the feet to walk, each organ in the body, in accordance with its composition and character, receives its life
2: force and ability from the soul which dwells and becomes revealed initially in the brain.
1: Now he's going to bring the proof. How do we know that it's so? Maybe maybe it is like electricity, the same electricity, the same energy, the same juice that goes into all these different machines. And based on the machine, you have different results. But the energy is the same. Maybe it is like the light that goes through the colored glasses or the water, water that goes through the colored glasses. But the water itself is the same. So maybe the energy of the soul is one undifferentiated, one dynamic energy. I mean, there's a certain logic to, 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 to argue that way. But when the soul cor- uh, courses through the eye, it sees. When it courses through the ear, it hears. How do I know that it's, it's the opposite? That the soul has an ability to hear, and because the soul has an ability to hear, that's why you have an ear that's perfectly matched up to the soul's ability to hear. And the eye, which is so infinitely complex, is perfectly matched to the soul's ability to see. How do I know that that's, that's the way it works? It originates with the soul, and it's materialized in the body. Maybe the soul is undifferentiated, and it's just an energy that courses through the body, and the ability to hear is only in the body, <coughs> only in the individual organ. So he says, he's going to prove, prove it now that, it, that it's not so.
2: As we clearly sense how in the brain uh, one is conscious of all, all that occurs within the 248 organs and of everything experienced by them, because the brain is the nerve center and principal, a body um, and source of the life force of the entire body.
1: So the point that he's making here, the proof is, he says we can experience it personally. If you're going to say that the soul is undifferentiated energy. Now we know that you feel any pain that you feel, or anything that you feel, you feel it in the brain. All the nerve centers is in the brain. So the brain, which is the center of the general soul, the brain shouldn't feel any difference between one organ and the next. If the difference originates in the organ... But in the life force, there is no differentiation. It's just a simple life force. So this life force should feel the same all over. Why does the brain feel? There's one feeling for the nose, and one feeling for the ears, and one feeling for the eyes. And The brain shouldn't sense any differentiation. If the differentiation begins with the organ, when the, when the energy leaves the brain, so to speak, and spreads out from the brain into the ear, and then it expresses itself with the capacity to hear if the hearing, capacity to hearing originates within the ear then the nerve center when you sense in your brain you shouldn't feel any different between the ear and the eyes and your toenail and yet we do feel a difference the body, the brain senses you feel every individual organ every particular organ in all its individuality what does this tell me? This tells me that the, the differentiation is in the brain, in the soul, in the general soul. The general soul contains within it all of these capacities. And it's because the soul has these capacities that the, the body is, is an, a materialization, a vessel, a vehicle, a perfect vessel, a perfect vehicle for each individual capacity in the soul. The, Why is this important? Why is uh, you'll, see, uh, you'll see the point that he's trying to make. This is just an analogy. From my flesh, I know God. You'll understand from this whole point how our God relates to the world. He, asked, he started out with the question. What do we mean that God's Shekhinah is in the temple, the Holy of Holies? Well, God is everywhere. So he's explaining, yeah, like, like your soul is everywhere. But where does your soul reside?
2: In the body. In the brain. Oh, in the body.
1: The the general essence of the soul, the general soul, the the, the, the essence of, of, of life, where does that reside? It resides in the brain. And from the brain, it spreads out throughout the whole body. And therefore, the brain is the command and control center of the body. And therefore, it's all plugged into the brain. And the brain, it's all connected. So it starts out as a general, and from there, it spreads out, and it always remains connected to the brain. So this is all an analogy from my own personal flesh, my own personal experience. We can understand how God relates to the world. That even though God is everywhere, but God's presence, the general life force, originates in the brain, which is, as you're going to explain, the so, Holy of Holies. So but in other words, patience. <laughs> this,
0: this is proving as Kachoprata.
1: You know, let, let's, let's uh, actually 51, 52 and 53 the last three chapters of the, of the first part of the Tanya discuss this concept it's a very profound concept it's a very powerful concept you know most people never even think about this to this, truly understand the relationship of the body and the soul and, and where the soul resides and where the soul re- reveals is revealed and but from this we will be able to understand Hashem and that's going to be the next chapter so this chapter is going to explain my own personal experience and this will help us understand Hashem's relationship relationship to the world
0: the Rebbe Shlita here adds a commentary which clarifies the subject by way of introduction the life force from the soul which animates uh, which animates the body comprises two aspects one of it one is its life giving force in that the whole body is alive and draws its vitality from the soul. In this aspect there is no difference between one organ and the next. The head, for example, is no more alive than the foot, just as the foot is no less alive than the head. The entire body, with its organs, is equally alive to rap, and in placidic terminology, this aspect of the light giving force is called the light of the soul, for light shines equally upon everything around the light source, regardless of the quality or nature of the objects receiving the light. The second aspect of the soul's life force <coughs> is the specific functional power which each organ draws from the soul. This power is unique to each organ. The eye receives from the soul the power to see, the ear to hear, the mouth to speak, and the foot
1: to walk. By the way, it's interesting he uses these analogies because he basically covers the three uh, aspects that the whole Tanya is based on. Thought, speech, and action. So he says the eye to to see, the ear to hear, speak. So the first two are like thought, and then speech, and then action. Now he skips the nose, and it's interesting because smell, aroma in Judaism, it says God blew into Adam from his nostrils into his nostrils. So the nose aroma is more than just an individual organ; it's connected with the essence of the soul. That's why smell is so profound. You know, there's, there's aromatherapy. You know, it's a, it's a very powerful instance. The smell. Um, when a person smells, it, it gives your soul tremendous pleasure. You make a blessing on the spices, you know, you smell the spices. So smell touches something very deep. It's not just an individual organ. So when he's discussing how each individual organ, smell is associated with the whole life force, with the whole soul, the general soul. Okay. That's why he... I'm
2: uh, doing uh, a it it's
1: a it's a comfort right right the soul leaves so it's like a comfort yeah it's a comfort to the soul you want to comfort the soul the only way to comfort the whole soul is through smell not through sight not through any of the other um um, um you know organs or but it's through the ability to smell that touches the whole soul exactly very good
2: why would that more than because if you have wine it goes through your whole levy.
1: But smell reaches very very deep you know when a person faints you know how do you wake them up yeah. or, or when people fall asleep when the rabbi speaks they go around with the smelling salts <laughs> <laughs> this is very profound stuff it's very uh, illuminating <laughs> and well, it's very it's very deep but it's, it's a powerful ending to the tanya it's a, reclimbing the the top of mount everest so good the end of the, the, end of the first part oh there's, there's, there's <laughs> five five parts to the Tanya, the end of part 1 this class is part of the
0: lessons in tanya project more classes available at lessonsintanya.com